All right. So, how did <laughs> how did you follow along with the conversation? <laughs> I think you gotta have to jog, jog a little your bit here. A little bit. Start with like <laughs> the example of yeah. Well, we we got to the end and. You said like only some of it had, or like the, you kind of zoned in and out of being able to follow what was going on. I was trying to make sure that as much of it was best possible was staying kind of staying in a a pretty low level, not too abstract thing. But I mean, we're talking about some pretty abstract stuff. So you you said you wanted to start with what example? Well, I was trying to remember the main example we were talking about. Well, I mean, there we kind of go through a couple things. The, the start was just kind of talking about the, the the threeness of everything, right? The we related it to the Trinity. JP's way of of kind of sorting out was that there's like a a ground of being, and there's like it's like the the principles or the almost like the you know, the the core principles of existence that are totally unmanifest. They're the ground of being. And then there's constraints on how those principles can manifest, which are like the laws of physics, the laws of reality, whatever. And then there's when those things meet in a, in a way that's, in, that's, you know, that works, then that's like, that's like the third category. And so we, we mapped that onto a whole bunch of different things. John Verveke has one way of talking about that. He calls, he has like the ground of being and the ground of intelligibility. And then uh, I forget what he calls his third category. Um, but maybe it's like flow or like a meaning or something like that. But the ground of being is like almost like the energy at the bottom of existence and the ground of intelligibility. Is, I mean, you think about the word intelligible, right? Yeah. Was it uh, that God was supposed to be the energy or the, the bedrock of whatever potential and all that? Or the origin of potential or whatever? Well, I mean, we even, he, he marries it to the whole, the whole trinity. So he says God is all three of those categories. And so he puts the father as being like the, the ground of being this potentiality. And then the son, the logos, because it says like Christ is the word. So the word is like something that's intelligible, something that you can actually hear, something that you can see, something that you could understand, right? Mm -hmm. He's, he's the perfect manifestation. Is and intelligible then, sim similar to tangible or something? Um, I mean, I would say they're similar. They're not, I don't think it's the same root word or anything, but it's, yeah, it's same kind of idea. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, if I just stop making any sense, what I'm saying isn't intelligible anymore. Yeah. Okay. Right. But if I'm saying a clear word, then it's, then it's, I mean, like you said, it's tangible, but it's intelligible. It's something that you can understand. You can follow what I'm saying. Right. Okay. And so he's saying the meeting of the father and the son is this bliss of the spirit. Like that's, that's the place, whether it's a place or a moment or a, whatever that's the thing that's that's the their relationship is the meeting it's like when so i mean i went from there i started talking about video games talking about how um you know you you have the, there are constraints on your abilities and there's a potential for like victory mm -hmm. and when they yeah i remember hearing that right, and when yeah. they intersect is enjoyable right it's enjoyable it's just, which is that's like flow yeah right so so th that's like the main the premise of of what we we're talking about right mm -hmm. where where did you get lost well, I just want to make sure I was mapping on so like there was a negative of death we talked about and right. death represented that potential or like God or whatever or like yeah yeah which is, it would be weird to kind of marry 
potential and, and well, and you got your Satan, God and, maybe. Right. Well, I, I was learning recently that apparently even um, the, the Satan and all the demons in a lot of Orthodox thought they even talk about um, the demons as being like the left hand of God, which is weird too. But then you get that same kind of um, three-part structure where you have the right hand and the left hand of God and then the full unity of God, right? Or they like meet in the brain or whatever. That's, Obviously God doesn't have a brain, but... <laughs> that's pretty weird. <laughs> Saying that like evil is like part of God. Yeah. I mean... Well, it, I, I, I think maybe wouldn't that's it, wouldn't it be like, like evil is part of God. Huh? It's probably not that actually that evil is part of God, but like that well, the, the destructive force. Well, what about like the potential that God created was still evil? Like evil came out of, or like when God created, there was potential. And then if it was evil, then it still came from God indirectly. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> then you get into a whole tangent about what evil is. And we actually were going to even go into that a little bit. That was what he, d- he goes into later in his article. He talks about evil and what evil could be. Yeah. And... So, I mean, the way I, I try to understand this is that evil is, is almost something that can only be experienced subjectively. Okay, yeah. And so um, I, I should kind of explain by that because I think that, that might sound kind of crazy up front. But. Well, I mean, when you say that, I immediately think that the things that you feel convicted as evil or the things that are evil to you are subjective. But then we still have objective things that we consider wrong for humanity. Right. But then so it's that's, that's from that's the subjective experience though. of being a human. Okay. Right. So it's a, there's still a subject in, included in that equation. So the point is that if you get out past all of the beings that basically that there are things for them that they shouldn't do, mm-hmm. you get to God and God is the being that sort of encompasses all of reality. And there's nothing that is sort of, outside like out of all the tools out of all the things that you could do he knows how to do all of them in their right place you know ecclesiastes says there's a time and a place for everything and i I think maybe what part of the part of what that author was trying to get at when he said that is that literally everything well okay when when you are making like cookies or something like that and you get the recipe wrong you get you, you get something that you didn't want, right? You get like gross mm-hmm. cookies. You like swap sugar out with salt accidentally. You, 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 but they both look white, so you make a little mistake there. That's a pretty common mistake. When you get those cookies, they aren't good anymore, right? They're bad cookies, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't mean that any of the things that made up those cookies are bad. It means that the way that you combine those ingredients, they weren't arranged correctly. Mm-hmm. And then you get something bad, right? So in the totality of all the things that exist, if you know how to put them all together correctly, then then you can make good cookies out of well, all Well, I mean, that still applies to like the ingredient or like the ingredient of existence is death. And if you put it in the wrong place, then it's... Yeah, that, that's probably a good way of saying it. Yeah, because it's not like, I mean, even just being alive is just deaths on various levels in order to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Right, and this a culture surviving depends on people dying at the right time, because if people stay alive forever, especially particular ways of being a person, like you talk about Dracula, right? What that whole story is about is a guy who won't die, right? Um, but okay, what, what I'm saying that if, pe- if people don't die, then culture can't survive. 
partially it's like, okay, if you get people who are super attached to a certain way of living, you basically you have too, too much conservatism, then you, then you prevent the society from being able to move forward. Yeah. Right? And so even if the, the physical person doesn't need to die, at least the ideology that exists in the person eventually needs to die. So in order for even the experience of life to happen and for a, an entity to exist, there has to be deaths all the way up and down the spectrum of, right? So death is like, I, like that's a good point of saying that death is, is an important ingredient. It just needs to be put in the right place. Yeah. Um, he tries to deal with, in his article, talking about like the worst tragedies of human existence and stuff though, like, because obviously you can kind of just say that simple, like, oh, well, you just got to put death in the right place. But then when you start thinking about these horrible tragedies, like the Holocaust and whatnot, or like uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, all those guys, all those people that died all at once, it's like, those are insane amounts of death. And how can those be reconciled? Well, you don't have to like justify and say it was right. Right. You can, you like, can say you can that that actually say, was the wrong place. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, yeah. That's where I would, uh, that's where we have all decided intuitively to say that those things weren't the right ingredients <laughs> or the yeah. wrong amount. Well, there's another, they them. weren't the right ingredients. They weren't the in the wrong right amount place. of them. Yeah. That, that, that death should have, I mean, even then you can just like, people say that it's like, oh, he died too young. It's like, we understand that death is all right and that there's a place for death, but like, okay, it shouldn't have happened there. That is the yeah. wrong place, even for that person's death. It's like that, even that person should have died. Even those cells that made up that person should have died at a certain place in time. But it should have been there and in that way that was a bad bad arrangement for existence to be in so good and bad death basically is one of the points that you were talking about and it was applicable in uh lion king yeah that so the lion king is is something it's it's all connected there but it, it's it's a slightly different perspective on it or, or we started talking about the lion king talking about how well okay no maybe it's not that different um it's yeah it's talked about how death is even why death would be like associated with a feminine uh, principle, and maybe it's not worth assigning genders to it. But well, the reason I was I was talking about the gender of it is because I was talking about Mother's Day and stuff too. If you, you remember this part, this this I assume this part landed for you, right? As far as talking about when you're having a really frustrating day, especially as a really little kid, and everything's just falling apart. Yeah, okay. and your mom gives you a hug. It's suddenly like everything you're able to just kind of reset you you kill the version of the day that you had in your mind mm -hmm, you let yeah. the version of yourself that you're trying to be die and suddenly you're just you return to this this state of death with a state of potential yeah so right. that was what you were making the point of uh pumba or what's the lion's name because i know i'm gonna make <laughs> i can make the... jokes but it's not a joke <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wonder the last time we had this conversation about <laughs> Lion King characters, if you actually knew who they were or not. Pumbaa is the wild boar. Timon yeah, so when Pumbaa goes off, he leaves his dad. <laughs> Simba. Okay, when, I can see why you get those confused. Simba is the lion. Yeah, so him going to this uh, paradise kind of thing, that's him embracing the death of like responsibility. Or he's... He's dying to the responsible part of his life. That's the negative for him to go into that. He, well, he encounters two different versions of this death thing. He encounters the negative version of it first. He encounters Scar and sees Scar kill his father. And like, because the whole way I, 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 what I was trying to bring out of that story is that Simba had a certain way that he thought he needed to be king. He thought he knew what being a, a king meant. And that had to die. Okay, but what I said still works though i think right we'll say it again when he 
like you're talking about the positive of resetting your day with this death and like retreating back into what's comfortable that's your mother Mm -hmm. but he's retreating away from his responsibility by going into the like paradise area with uh, yeah that works on that level too yeah that's exactly that's what i was trying to draw attention to there with with telling about it, is that so yeah he he goes to this place and timon and pumbaa sort of act as like this like a maternal figure anyways yeah, but yeah. The, the reason i i feel like there's even a really strong connection there is that he goes to he doesn't just go out into the wilderness he finds like a paradise area in the wilderness mm-hmm. he returns to nature which is like closely associated <laughs> yeah. with mother nature right well i mean even in that case as a lion that would be like the most comfortable area probably to him Right. Well, even though, I mean, like, initially he's in kind of like a jungle, or he's in a yeah. s- s- safari. Is that? No, safari isn't. Oh, a savanna, that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. He's in a savanna originally. But then, yeah, then he, he goes into this, like, total just paradise of just... But then he does, he's like, he totally forgets what it means to be a lion. He doesn't even care at all. He mm-hmm. starts, he's a lion eating bugs, right? That was in the GP. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Attention okay. to, right? So he just totally gives up on trying to even be a lion, much less a king. Mm-hmm. And then it's from that place that that all this doubt. So I mean, the reason he goes there is because he encounters this shadow of doubt. He is in literally in the valley of the shadow of death when his father dies. He he goes into this valley, and when his father dies, due to him, basically he's in the valley and he's practicing out his roar. He shouldn't have been there. This is this is but again he's he's too focused on what he thinks it means to be king. So he's gone out and he's just trying to practice his version of being king and that's ultimately what leads to the demise of his father. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh what's what's the name of the dad? Um Mufasa. That Mufasa dies there and it's because it is because of Simba's mistaken understanding of what it means to be king. And so then he begins to doubt his understanding of what life was about. So he thought his life had this certain trajectory of like he's going to go up and he's going to be like his daddy's going to do these badass roars and he's going to like just tell everybody what to do and like he has this very childish notion of what it means to be king and then that comes into question suddenly and it's not like it was like that as opposed to something else that was his entire idea of what existence looked like his whole view of what life is came into question at that moment so what would be your three symbols so, to map on yeah okay that, that's good the there there's a there's an actuality of the way a, a king is the reality the, so kingship. there's there's an abstract principle of kingship okay and even mufasa isn't that exactly he's yeah. a higher representation of it but there's an even a higher representation beyond that it's supposed to be sort of a fractal story that like that you see this this principle going all the way up that even beyond mufasa there's a deeper principle of what it means to be kingly mm-hmm. but at least from the perspective of simba Mufasa is a representation of that higher principle. And so he has an understanding of that. And then um, uh, he has to, well, let's see. So, so Mufasa is like a, a, a manifested version of it. He's, he's constrained by, you know, by being a lion. He can't just be the absolute principle of being a king. He's a king and what being a king looks like in the context of being a lion. So those are the constraints there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'd be the middle, sort of? Right, so Mufasa would, would sort of be... 
it's sort of it's hard to say that that a person is is the because <laughs> there's the principle and there's the there's the constraints well, and there's the experience it, like, of those things meeting. So I, 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 you could maybe say that like he is for that community, but he's not exclusively. Well, okay, the, the, it's it's Mufasa's lionness that is his constraints, and then there's the principle of being a king, and the principle of kingship and the constraint of lionness meet in Mufasa, and Mufasa has the spirit of the king. That's so, this what about thing. like That's at the, the essence character. of being lioness, like because uh, if you were saying that, is it Simba? <laughs> <laughs> Simba goes goes fully into this this death even past being a lion into like not identifying with that at all right is that still in those three though like, yeah okay. well now he's 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 transcended his little versions of those three and he's got into a deeper yeah i know this you're right this is this, this it does get hard to follow when you try to try to map it perfectly um but again because because these are all representational we can talk about the the like the the great versions of these things so there's a the great father and there's the great mother I don't know if you want to throw in a mother right now. What we're doing. <laughs> oh, well, I guess you the were mother... saying is the death. Yeah. So there's, and I, I think I'm struggling with this because I haven't totally sorted this out yet. It's it's difficult to understand. And, and because these symbols kind of tend to flip depending on what, what tradition you're looking at them through. But the way JP was laying it, laying it out anyways is that there's a ground of being that has to do with like that's the that's the masculine principle of oh geez no it, it flipped back and forth anyway he wants to say there's nothingness and there's dharma that's 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 the buddhist way of saying it there's nothingness which is the ground of or that's like unrestrained on the potential that's the principles and then there's dharma which is like logos which is like the constraints it's like the rules for the way reality can actually manifest so again that's that's the lion like mm -hmm. the the lion as a as an organism is almost like a way of like showing the two categories and then the within them it splits off again. Yeah. Because it's, it's within like the fractal. lionness, I could imagine there's also another separate death within it <laughs> of like like what uh Simba did. Is he he went into the lioness and then and that one he split apart even further into <laughs> right well okay so th th this is this is may know. maybe i can i can follow this thread though down to the bottom of what we're talking about here with this and, and then ultimately get back to easter because that was that was what the his article was about and i don't know if, if you made it that far or you started to doze off at that point <laughs> <sighs> we'll, we'll have to keep going okay so simba um he pushes his understanding of what it means to be a lion to the very limits of, of what it can do and it fails him and so he enters into a nothingness. He enters into exactly that's the, the edge of the world. So he goes back to the. So he he had an idea of what being looked like, and he has to kind of push past it into the bottom of being, and just kind of see what can. It it almost is easier to explain in the Jesus story for me because that's what I've been kind of thinking about more recently. Um, But the truest version of what it meant to be king rose to the top after the after he dissolved um, his understanding of what it meant to be king. So it's it's like the process of of melting down gold, too, or melting down something to see what its worth is. Right? It's like you melt you you burn up the things that aren't gold, but the gold doesn't burn up. 
right? He lays so, down his understanding of what it means to be king. He enters into into this nothingness. Yeah. And Even when he was eating bugs, he wasn't still not a lion. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> he burned it, like, he defiled himself or whatever you want to call it. But, like, after this process, he was able to be right. So he even So that, the, that even... It breaks on our understanding of what it means to be a lion, and that's the point: is that it's breaking all of your understanding about what it means to be, and then letting this wider, deeper understanding of what it means to exist, and especially what it means to be a king and to be a lion. That's to be the lion king. <laughs> that's kind of a fun way of. Uh, so it's like you, you would the think lion, that a lion king is technically the uh, middle of king and uh, lion. Right, exactly. It's it's the lion and the king. It's the relationship between those two things. Yeah. Which yeah, so that it's good that we have a title that could that can line up with this this threeness. Yeah, scheme. yeah. Right. Um I I'm trying to make sure that I I followed that down correctly though. So like I guess I'm just trying to square this Buddhist language because they they call that ground of being the nothingness. And I still get confused almost every time I Maybe there's also like ways to find synonyms for words that particularly trip you up. I, I think the reason they want to call it nothingness though is that it hasn't been constrained into a thing yet. It's not that it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. right because nothingness as we understand it isn't really a thing. Like you can't well, it, you can't call something nothingness. It's just things we don't know yet. Right. Yeah. So I mean even in the, the Genesis cosmology 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 yeah. there is the divine father or there's there's the principles and there's the nothingness which again this is where we got kind of confused because talking about the trinity it seems like all those persons kind of get flipped around and they all occupy those those all each of them can be in either any one of those three categories depending on the context you're looking at them from it seems like so Sometimes you can look at, at God being the, the, the principles and the spirit being the nothingness and the sun being the thing that happens in the middle. That's the way I thought about it. He, JP looks at it as the sun being the principles, the father being the nothingness, and the spirit being them meeting. So I don't know. I think maybe it actually works from all different perspectives. Maybe you could even say that the, the, the father is the son and the spirit um, meeting each other too. Mm. And that's really circular and, and all over the place. But I think maybe that somehow works because there's a lot of theology that talks about like all three of them being distinct, but somehow like eternally in relationship with each other. The, the Trinity is such a strange. Well, that's the thing is like, I don't know how much effort and attempt to rationalize that. Like I've, I've heard so much about all this and I'm like, isn't the whole idea that it's just too complicated. <laughs> it's like it, it and even like the symbolism, like you're like, oh, well, maybe I can't say this because this doesn't work within this version of what God is. It's like kind of tricky to get the... Well, the point is that we're kind of at the premise of the conversation, not saying, like because I'm talking about it symbolically and then because he's talking about it symbolically and because that's what religion does, we're not trying to close the system up and say that everything has to be consistent and has to make sense all of the time. There's, right, you're not like talking on like a verse by verse or like a very hyper specific. Yeah, it's not. It's not rationalism. It's not modernism. It's not saying that all this stuff is going to be perfectly consistent. It's saying that if you can latch onto this story and this story, and begin to juxtapose all these different experiences of this 
this approximate narrative, you're going to begin to have a sense of what the truth is. Not that you're going to have a necessarily super technical understanding. You can have technical conversations about it to try to tease it out a little bit as well. But ultimately, it's coming to experience this truth is something that you have to experience and like have within you, not something that you can just look at and, and just read it and understand it. Yeah. Which is something else we kind of went into a little bit, uh, not yesterday, but whenever it was, a couple of days ago. Um, okay, but getting to Easter. The, basically, the way I think about it and the way I think about all this relating to it is, is the same thing about how, like, so his understanding of what it means to be a lion dies and then the true, like, whatever is true about being a lion, that's what remains after he's kind of let it all die. If you have somebody who, let's say, is the perfect Lion King, and he dies, he lays himself down, he decides to die, he enters into that same process of going into nothingness and then coming back. If he's already actually perfect, he's actually perfectly living out what it means to be the Lion King, then when he comes back, he returns out of the nothingness. Maybe he looks a little bit different. Maybe there's some marginal things that, that, that seem a little bit different about him, but he's actually the same essential thing mm -hmm. because there was nothing that was wrong. There was nothing that wasn't true about his existence, right? And so when Christ dies, Christ, whether historically or mythologically, represents this perfect meeting of the principles and the, or, and the constraints. Mm -hmm. Perfect meeting of the ground of being and the ground of intelligibility, right? Do those terms still yeah, make sense? Yeah, I'm just thinking about the what's the benefit of dying then? Like, why would you melt down the gold if it's already... Well, perfect? because I, I think this is finally kind of rescuing a lot of the passages that I really didn't understand in, like, the epistles in the New Testament and stuff where Paul talks about, like, you know, if Christ doesn't die, then what, what does any of this mean? Mm -hmm. The reason, to me, that it's important that Christ dies and then resurrects is because that's literally what proves yeah it proves the trueness of his whole message he said if he says literally i am the way the truth and the life then that means that when you kill christ if he's really really the way the truth and the life then as soon as he enters back into existence or as, as soon as anything comes back christ comes back inevitably it's like you can't kill it because it's actually the way things deeply are yeah like so, so it's yeah it's just if w when you kill a person then all the matter that made up them comes back to life in some way right like you bury their body and it decomposes it becomes a plant yeah. and it becomes other people right yeah, yeah. and the principles that made up that person don't come back exactly the same way but yeah. if you have a person that's it's like <laughs> It's it's if, if a person manifesting where the whole universe is headed, then even if you kill them, they come back. Yeah. So I, I think that's part of why Christ resurrects in the in the story, in the passion narrative. He re resurrects after three days. He goes to hell and comes back. He goes all the way to the bottom of existence and comes back. But ultimately, we believe Christ is coming back again in the end. But he didn't die a second time. R yeah, but it's like that we're going to meet Christ, too. So yeah, yeah I maybe know. I'm kind of—I mean, I'm kind of extrapolating there a little bit. But it's like it, it seems that Christ is always on his way. <laughs> you know, 
if 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 Christ again, if that's a if that's a meaningful way of understanding what Christ is, that he's like a perfect meeting of what the principles of existence and the constraints on reality, like if he is literally the way of life, mm-hmm. then that's where the universe is headed. Like that's where evolution is headed. That's where the distillation of reality is headed. It's distilling down to being like so Christ. So people are going to get better. Pardon? So, so every day is a better day because things are moving in the right direction. That's I mean, what I we all so. say. You know, that's the general sentiment about the world, I think, is things are getting better every day. You know, I was thinking about when you're talking about that, how like people are die and then are reformed into other people. I was like, how much do you think we actually are indirectly cannibals? How much are we in? I mean, 100% basically. There's probably very little. I don't. Maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I, I would think that there would be very little of the food that we're eating that isn't, that hasn't been a person a lot of times before. Yeah, I think that's a really fun, uh, completely irrelated way to. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's totally irrelated. Well, no, it is. It is what you're talking about. It's like. That's clearly not Jesus right there. What I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you're, you're, it's like you're giving it a second.